0: Hey guys, this is TJ to Johnny, and you're listening to the Fearless Investor Podcast with my good friend Kyle Stanley. Keep listening to Conquer the World of Investing.
1: I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain, you have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome into the fearless investor podcast. We've got the clubhouse King himself, TJ Chajani on the show today. He is killing it on Clubhouse with short-term rentals, over 20,000 followers. The guy is just a super genuine dude, and um, he's one of those guys that uh, I just think has an amazing story that a lot of people can connect with. But before we get to that, have you reviewed our podcast? Make sure that you please do give it that quick five stars, and a one-to-two-sentence review really helps to get our message out. Uh, Now let's get to it with TJ Chajani here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome into the show guys. Before we get started here with uh, TJ to Johnny, I just want to ask you, can you really make money with Airbnb? Uh, or is it just too good to be true? A lot of people say that, but I'm t- here to tell you it's the real deal. And uh, you can actually do this without even owning a property. Pretty crazy, right? Uh, well, when I learned this in 2019, in just under 18 months, I went from zero to 25 properties. That's zero to over $20,000 net after expenses. Uh, per month and guess what you can too all you have to do is go to our airbnb kickstart course which is at fearlesskyle.com and you're going to be able to learn how to master automate and scale this business without even owning a property get over there and get started in airbnb start conquering the world of airbnb and with that we have uh, a Fellow rental over here, TJ Tajani, who is definitely yeah. conquering the world of not only Airbnb, but Clubhouse. Holy cow. He's like the biggest <laughs> short term rentals guy on Clubhouse. Over just hit the 20,000K follower mark. By the time this airs, you're probably going to be at like twenty-five or 30,000. <laughs> TJ, man, thanks for, uh, for jumping on the show.
0: Oh, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It's an honor, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, coming out of
1: Houston, Texas, and we're going to get all into your story uh, here in a second. But what is your most interesting, uh, either real estate or Airbnb related story?
0: Oh, man, I'll tell you what, I remember March, uh, May, May of 2018. I was uh, one of my units was almost 100% booked. I had one more day to be 100% booked. And um, I had somebody that wanted to book my unit. And he wanted to book it for that last day. He said, Hey, I'm coming in from Galveston. I just need to stay a night. And for me, I didn't even. I just wanted to get that day they sp- feel so I can claim. Oh, I had. A, I'm a hundred percent occupancy. Yeah. He came in, literally the concierge there at the property contacted me and said, hey, something's going on at your unit. You need to get over here. (laughs) So I look at my camera and I realize that this is dark. And I'm like, is my camera broken? But you can still see that it's recording, that it's still still live. So I realized quickly that, oh, wow, they put a sock in front of the camera. I said, okay, it's time to go. So this is like 1230 in the morning. And I went straight over there. It was about 40 people in that apartment throwing a party. Throwing oh a party, my gosh! So I had to get security involved. They had to kick everybody out. Uh, that was such a lesson learned. Uh, I was still kind of in the earlier stages of my journey. <laughs> so for me, you know, first of all, you learned that not all money is good money, for one, um, oh, and for one and now that I even now that I got even more educated I realized that 100% occupancy actually means that you left money on the table. Yep. So it's not necessarily a good thing depending, right? But um then I I did not screen this guest whatsoever. I did not question. I just booked them because I wanted to get that spot filled. Listen, the biggest lesson I learned a lot from that one lesson Sometimes that's what it takes, right, to learn. But listen, everything that I learned, I implemented. And yeah, we're not having that anymore. So that was probably one of my most interesting stories. Hey, Whatever.
1: you know what? A lesson learned is a lesson learned. But uh, just like Warren Buffett says, uh, it's best to learn from mistakes. They just don't have to be your own mistakes. Very true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very true. All right, TJ. So you've got a really cool story. Um, let's let's just start from the beginning. Um, yep. You weren't even born in the U.S. You came to the U.S. Um, yeah. Take us back to before you even got started in your professional career.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I, you know, I, for me, i born in Nigeria, um, Nigeria's home. I came here when I was eight years old and with my four siblings, uh, my mom raised us. Um, she's the, she, yeah, she's amazing as she sounds, yes. Um, and and I was the first my family to go to school, go to college and graduate. And that wasn't necessarily easy. I kind of had to work my way through school. and um, And, but for me, I've kind of always kind of had that entrepreneurship bug, but I never actually realized it because while I was in college, again, I had to kind of pay my own way through school. I worked, I worked at foot action selling shoes. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I also did was I realized that they would have these crazy sales on apparel, right? Like Jordan and Nike apparel, especially like Jordan shorts back then, like the Jordan shorts went in like everything. So I, they, would, they would have like this crazy deal, 60% off. Then I'll tack on my additional employee discount, which is like 30, 35% off. I'll be buying these shorts for like five bucks, right? They retail for 60 bucks. So I would get as much. I would just clean the entire store. I would get as much as I could. And I would just walk into dorm rooms on campus. And I went to University of Houston. Go Cougs, baby. Uh, <laughs> I went to University of Houston. So I would walk into the dorm rooms with just two big bags. And um, and I would just be selling the Jordan shorts. And I will sell them for 25, but I bought them for five. They retail for 60. I sell for, for 25. And so I did That's that. Awesome. I did that at like probably four, three or four times a month, right? And I would clean up, like I would clean up. You were wholesaling I,
1: without even knowing what wholesaling I didn't was. even
0: realize I yeah. was wholesaling. <laughs> so, so me coming graduated, right? I graduated, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? One of my frat yeah. brothers said, hey, you know, you should read this book. You kind of like this, you seem like you like the entrepreneurship thing. You're yeah. such a hustler because yeah. he's been knowing me throughout my college career. And so I read this book and I said, well, i want to own some assets. So I got into buying and holding real estate investing because I wanted to own real estate. So I got in, I, I got into a local real estate group that had that same focus within their strategy, which is buying and holding. And I got locked in with them. And so then I started buying and holding real estate on the side, right? I graduated work, working for an oil and gas company which was great. I didn't hate my job. It just required a lot of my time. I was traveling quite a bit. I was out of town all the time. About 65% of the year I was working offshore, working on the rigs, working as a substance installations engineer. But when I got home, whenever I was home on my free time, I would always, always focus on real estate. Okay. So I would buy properties on the side. And so um, then I got, I got uh, educated on how to wholesale, <laughs> how to wholesale. So when I started getting get educated on of wholesale, I said, oh, I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been doing this. So <laughs> You already the knew wholesale the <laughs> Exactly. That's so awesome. I mean, So that's how, uh, I, I, that's how I really got my wits about me within the real estate space. And um, I still love doing buy and hold. I got really good at doing the birth strategy where we are buying these properties distressed, ugly, making them beautiful and pretty. And then we're refinancing, pulling our cash back out and we're doing it all over again. Then once the market kind of shifted within the oil and gas space came 2016, Ah, uh, man. So when the price of oil is $100, everybody's happy. Everybody's eating. Yeah. As a consumer, the gas, the gas, the price of gas is a little high, but that's when the economy is good, <laughs> the oil yep. and gas space. So when it dropped, uh, man, we, they pretty much didn't have any more projects for me. When I got done with my, serving my portfolio, which was the Exxon Mobil portfolio, um, they, they tried to move me around to a different role. um, They, so it was just like, you know what? I went ahead and just took the severance package. Um, and because the position they wanted to me to be in would have required half my salary, but more time in the office. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and better myself at the time. I had about five rental properties. My goal was to get 10 rentals before I, before I left my full-time job. So it was cut short. So, but I still decided to better myself and I, um, I decided to go on into this real estate thing. I wasn't necessarily looking to do short-term rentals. I just okay. came across a video while I was doing market research on how to generate leads. And so I came across a video on short-term rentals. I said, huh, I'm rehabbing two houses right now. Let me try this strategy on one of these houses. And So after I remodeled this house, I decided to put, to furnish it instead of put a long-term tenant in it. And Perfect. I listed yeah. it, got my, we got two bookings the very next day. And when I did the math, I realized that I, w- I will be able to at least 3X that income, even at like 50% occupancy. I was like, okay, let me sink my teeth into the strategy. That's when I really got into the short-term rental game, and it's been life-changing for me ever since. Then I got educated rental arbitrage. And I said, oh wow, I don't have to own these either. <laughs> I ain't gotta own them. So for me, what I like to do now is I love, I love the, the, I love wealth building within mm-hmm. the short-term rental space. I love the fact that you don't have to own. You can cash flow without ownership. But I love that. Okay, I, I can still own it and still cash flow nicely with these properties. So, um, and and my my best performing properties are the ones that I own. But I still love rent arbitrage because I'm able to scale quickly and still Absolutely. earn really good cash flow doing it. So, while I'm rehabbing, right? While I'm doing my remodels and I'm remodeling these these properties, my focus has been 2 to 4 units. Buying two to four units, remodeling them, and then making them full-time short-term rentals in highly gentrified areas here in Houston, Texas, and that's been my focus. And so while I do that, I'm picking up rental arbitrage properties while doing the rehab process. That's how I've been able to scale my business, and it's been a heck of a journey ever since. And I think the best thing has been able to show other people how to do the same thing. So with me, you, you the, the different dynamic with me is like um, we're really, really good at rental arbitrage. Right? We're really good at getting that yes from landlords to execute that arbitrage strategy. But I love the wealth building component as well, and so. I like to do both and there's definitely some synergy there and it's been life changing and I haven't wholesaled a deal (laughs) since I really got into the space. So that's pretty much it for me.
1: You know, and I know if Julie George is going to be watching this, she's going to say, "I know exactly why you're good at arbitrage because you got the voice and the look."
0: She's <laughs> <laughs> she, she, hey, she would say that 100. You know, would. it's great. I never even realized that my voice was had any kind of. I mean, I, I've always had a passion to teach. I've always teach. I was yeah. really, really good at math in college, and I taught math in college. That was that was a second job that I had. I was a math. I had. I was a TA, and I had my own classroom. And I was teaching my peers during doing host review sessions during midterms, teaching the calculus one Uh, college algebra and business calculus and um so I always kind of had a passion to teach but I never kind of knew that uh but I never want to be a teacher I never want to be a teacher (laughs) yeah but what's great now is that I get to do what I like in real estate what I really enjoy within real estate but still show people and teach it um at at a pretty at a pretty nice level so you get to
1: teach because you want to not because it's paying the bills
0: exactly
1: yeah that's awesome well hey listen um there's so many good things that you just said there, and I'm so excited to have this conversation because you and I think very similarly. Our stories are very similar. I started burning my first property and said, why am I going to be okay with just three or $400 of cash flow? I could Airbnb <laughs> this. And even my mentor was like, yeah, but that's risky. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think it is. I, I, <laughs> am I missing something here? <laughs> Damn, and, and so, yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. I guess one of my questions that I think the audience might be asking right now is, Well, you just said that you make the most money with the ones that you own. So why wouldn't you go try to own more rather than doing rental arbitrage? What's your answer
0: for that? Well, I'm 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 look I am actually I'm looking to own as much as I can, but Good. I can't take away from rental arbitrage because there are pros and cons to doing both. I just think the pros of owning is a little bit more beneficial, right? But I love arbitrage. I love arbitrage because I can scale the business a lot quicker. For those who really want to own all of their short term rentals, I think that's amazing. That's great. That's still a goal. I think to each his own in that sense, it just depends on what your goals are. Uh for me, I have a I have certain goals. Um, that I know that rental arbitrage will allow me to get there a lot faster, right? So I love rental arbitrage component because it's controlled without ownership. You can still, you know, you tell me eight years ago, hey, see that house over there? I make three grand a month from that house and I don't even own it. I look at you like you're crazy what are you talking right. about you know? right that, so the short rental industry now especially with what with, with the with the kind of global movement airbnb has been has allowed that to be a possibility yeah. so um i think it, it's kind of crazy not to take advantage of that like and i don't have to and 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 understand for me, that for me, when I buy real estate, I like to consider it buying buying it with your time, not so mm-hmm. much your money. Especially with the strategy that I do, with right. the birth strategy, with ex- executing it the right way, you got to know your numbers up front. You can pull even if you put cash in the game, you can pull that cash back out and do it all over again. But it takes time from the mo- from the moment that I purchase that property to the moment it starts to cash flow. It's time, but it's not so much money. But it, it takes months. It takes time. Yep. So if that's the case, to each his own. That's perfectly fine. But yep. in the meantime why not add more cash flow to my portfolio Absolutely. via rental arbitrage where I can get into these properties. I can take down a lease and have it furnished within a week and I'm listed right then and there. So that's why I like to do both. And I think that's it's great. A great strategy. That's so good. So, I mean, you know, we've done episodes on Burr
1: strategy. If you guys, you know, don't know what Burr is essentially buy rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, Yep. Um, and that is exactly how we scale our our actual buy and hold business. Um, if you want to go learn more about that, all you have to do is literally just Google search Burr or search on this, this uh, podcast and YouTube channel Burr, and you'll find the yeah. details of that. But what I want to really ask you, TJ, is let's step back for a second and assume that someone is sitting here and they don't even understand – what arbitrage is mm-hmm. you're saying it's more scalable. I want them to be able to put their hands on that. How yeah. is it more scalable than actually owning a property?
0: Well, you know rental arbitrage when you look at rental arbitrage you're you're buying something long term and you're reselling it short term. but what you're really buying is time, like you're buying twelve months or twenty four months mm-hmm. um, but you're selling it daily now, the reason mm-hmm. why you're That's able good. to do that is the amount of value that you're able to add. I like to use this water bottle analogy when it comes to uh, when it comes to the short rental space. If you were to go buy a bottle of water at Walmart, you'd probably buy four, spend $4 on that case of water, 32 pack, 24 pack, whatever the right. case may be. But if you were to stop by a gas station and you pick up one bottle of water out of that refrigerator, it's gonna cost you about $1.50. Why is that one bottle of water $1.50? Well, because it's already turnkey. It has, their, it's ready to go. You don't have to unpackage it. You don't have to sit, take it out the package, leave it in the refrigerator, let it chill, let it cool it's ready to go, all that's already done for you. That's why they're able to charge more for it. You can grab it, you can go be on your merry way and enjoy it, consume it right away that's the same thing that's why we're able to charge a nightly way and that's why we're able to charge so much more on a nightly basis because in the short term rental space we're providing such a turnkey experience everything Mm -hmm. that they already need couching uh furnishing pots and pans linens towels everything that they need they come enjoy the space we we pack and play depending on who you're serving high chairs like they don't have to travel with that stuff like you're providing an experience that people are more than willing to pay for because it's convenient right so and when you look at rental arbitrage, you're able to charge rent something, you're able to buy time long term and sell it short term because of the way the, the, the value that you add to the space and you're able to to provide a turkey experience for for guests. That's pretty much the rental arbitrage strategy.
1: Not only that, which, by the way, that's an amazing way to talk about it. So I'm, I'm definitely going to steal that from you. If <laughs> that's good. fine. I'll, I'll say I'll say a, a bottle of Coke instead of water just to make it <laughs> But I mean, not just that, man, but, you know, you think about these birth strategy properties, you know, you buy the property, you got to wait for it to close and you got to wait for the rehab and suddenly, you know, it's taking four months for you to actually have your first guest show up. You yep. go get an arbitrage, you could be welcoming your first guest in as quick as a week.
0: Yep,
1: 100%. Yeah, so, <laughs> 100%. You're buying time quicker. I think is, yep. is the key there too, and that's yep. why I think it's so scalable and and cheaper because and cheaper if if you're looking at just I mean a lot of people by all means burr is the best way to do it, but a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, I'm not going to wait for a burr. I'm going to go buy a property right now. Well, yep. you'll go buy one at 20 down, and down, a $300,000 property. Yep, you're going to be 10 times more invested than I am in a rental yep. arbitrage property. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. With that being said, one of the things I really like about your story is that you just got into action and you learned the new strategy, the new strategy, and the new strategy until you found the one that was like, okay, this is it. And I I have conversations with people, I'm sure you do too, all day long that are just in this mind block of like, mm. well, should I do Airbnb? Should I do Burr? Should I do wholesaling? Should I do flipping? Mm. And they never get started. Yeah, And because of that, they never get that experience to even know what to go to next. Yep. So what have you always had that? Just like get into action mentality. Have you had to force yourself into action when you were scared? Kind of talk about that mindset a little
0: bit, man. And, that, and that's a really good question because at, at first naturally that engineering mindset is too much into the analysis, right? I'm, I, I get into the weeds of the numbers and I'm telling you, you I was, I was uh, team YouTube university. I was mm-hmm. team Google. I was, I was studying. It took me about a year of consistent, just researching. Um, to actually spring into action, but when I tell you that the when I did my first deal, not when, when I when I rehabbed my first property, the what I learned from that entire process far surpassed all the reading that I did. Oh. <laughs> so it, it took it took me just hey, take action. When I took action, that's when things started changing. But I was so nervous because to me, you know, people in my family, you know, growing up, you don't own properties like you don't, you know, stuff like that don't happen. So when I when it was just thinking about the, t- okay, owning a house, owning a building, is like, man, that seems like a lot, but I knew I wanted to do it. I just needed to figure out how to get into, get into the game. But I realized the best way to get into the game is just to go, just to get started. I think the biggest thing that I learned from that entire process was that you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything to get started. You just have to know enough to get started. Um, And then a lot of things as you take an action will kind of unfold in the process. And, and then you, and you learn and you learn and you'll adapt and you learn. But, um, but I, I, instead of trying to get it perfect, I realized that there is no perfect time to really get in, just get in, know enough to get in. And, um, and it's almost like, it's almost like you're in this dark room and, there's a staircase, but you can't see the entire stairs. There's only one step you can see, but in order for you to get to the top, you gotta take that one step. You gotta go see the second step until you take that one step. Then you take the next step. So that's really how it is. And I realized, and I learned that, man, um, without action, um, I I would have been still stuck there in analysis, pronounces. And, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much,
1: yeah. Well, it's kind of like too. go back to when you were five, six, seven years old and, you know, you're knowing that you want to go play a sport. Mom and dad want you to play a sport, but they don't know which one. So you go, you try soccer, you try peewee football, you try t ball, and then you get to that point. Where you're like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. That's boring to me. And baseball is cool, but it's too slow for me. So football, like that's my thing. And mm-hmm. and you have to go, but you have to try it first. You have to give it yep. a shot in order to really know what do you like, what do you don't like. Um, so I I love that man, especially the thinking about the staircase. Um, just gotta take that first step you don't know where it's gonna lead step. you exactly. have no idea what's at the top there but just just go for it but yeah. but the, i think one of the things there is you do have the end goal in mind it might not be what the exit strategy is but yeah. you have that lifestyle and that that desire of where, what you want yep. your life to look like at the top
0: man and you know what's crazy i when i got into this game um the short-term rental game and i was like man but but i'm a wholesaler like no I, but, but i want to do these creative deals i want to do wholesaling and and I literally had to give myself permission to go all in. Mm. Like I had to give myself permission to make that pivot and to go all into the short-term rental space. And when I decided to do that, that's when things really got life changing because I realized that what, with, with me doing everything um, and there's nothing wrong with multiple strategies, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Pete, some people might work differently for me. I found the most success if I can be laser focused on one or two things and then master it. And then, branch out and start doing other things, build a system, build infrastructure to master that and then start doing other things. And that's when things got really life changing for me, because when I was trying to do everything, man, I was going nowhere for me. And that just for me, though, it may be different from other people. Cause I heard, you know, I've heard different stories and some people work differently, but that just won't work for me.
1: All right. You, you gave me a good one. So now I'm gonna give you a good one. Um, so what you just said, there's exactly what I teach. It's an acronym called mass or Moss master automate scale. And then Mm -hmm. you move on to the next thing. When that thing is, when you went from, you know, 15 hours of working on Airbnb per week, now it's down to two hours and now it's down to zero and it's growing. That's when you know. That's that's why you know. I like that. Yeah. 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 So, um, so where, where is your business at today? Let's talk about that. Um, How many rentals do you have? What does life look like today for you? Maybe even compared to four or five years ago when you were just getting started.
0: Oh man! So for me right now, we're at we're we're launching uh, unit twenty five and twenty six here shortly, and these are these fall under the landlord column because it's a duplex that um that 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 I just got done remodeling, um and <laughs> life is different. I think for me, even though I was making six figures as an engineer out of college, uh, most money I've ever made in my life at the time, like even for a lot of people, my family too, to be honest. But I when I left that position, my goal was to. Bringing enough income, because my my goal shifted, right? So I was okay doing wholesaling and all that, but once I left that position, my mindset switched to like cash flow. It's like, okay, I need cash flow. So that's another thing that made the short term rental strategy even more intriguing for me. So, but my goal at the time was to make as much money as I did within my my job as an engineer within my engineering role. I wanted to match that income. I said, man, I want just get want to get back to that income, I want to get back to that lifestyle, and I was able to do that in under a year. <laughs> So with the short-term rental game, so, so, uh, so it's been pretty, pretty life-changing experience. I think um, for me now, I what I did not, um, what I did not anticipate was to, you know, I decided that I did not want to be a subject matter expert in this game. Um, I decided that when people talk about short-term rentals, especially in the Houston area, my name needs to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I love about Clubhouse because now it's being able, it's allowed me to really, really rub shoulders and really build relationships with a lot of other people in multiple different markets. Um, and so it's been, it's been a heck of an experience and now, oh man, I mean, <laughs> the stuff that that's lined up for me, the stuff that's coming up, um, the opportunities that's, that's came across my way just this year alone has been pretty life-changing and it's all due to just staying the course, staying in the game, staying in my lane and being laser focused, um, and that's been, that's been amazing. This has been amazing. I think the most rewarding thing now is now I get to show other people how to do the same thing and do it very well. I get to help yes. people get to the six figure bag within the short term rental space and change their, their income trajectory for themselves and their families that it was like when I think about just my role what I was doing working as an engineer I never even thought that I'll be able to do something like that I would be doing something like this um but but it's crazy how how God works it's crazy how um how time you know what what time can do and as time goes when you when you're staying in your lane and you laser focus it's been so I mean it's been pretty life-changing experience for me so far in this game Hey, and
1: that's that's Great, man. And congratulations for for getting to where you're at now. Thank you. You have this desire and, and really um, passion for teaching and it's showing right now on Clubhouse. Did you get on Clubhouse <laughs> thinking you were going to get to over 20,000 followers or what was the goal?
0: No way, man. It's crazy. You know, I've been on Instagram since 2010. 2009, okay. something like that. And December, I think I was like, like 6,800 followers in December. <laughs> so it took me like 10 years just to get that. <laughs> yeah. So then, then I get on Clubhouse and uh, I've been like 20,000. It's not even been like four months. <laughs> like, what's going on? So, so it, no, I did not expect it. Uh, yeah. A good, good friend of mine, uh, Byron, he told me, say, man, you should get on Clubhouse, man. You'll like it. I said, what's well, Clubhouse, man? I, I don't know. I'm good, man. I'm good on that. Yeah. And so then he just sends me an invite. He just sends it to me. I said, All right, let me tap in, man. Let me tap in. I start seeing people post it. And I start seeing people that I respect just in, in entrepreneurship. Right they post. It. I'm like, wow. Okay. So he's on clubhouse too. He's on clubhouse. So I was like, all right, let me check this clubhouse And Byron sends me an invitation. I, I tap in. And so I just started getting in the rooms and people were like, Oh, what's going on? What do you do? I was, Well, this is what I do. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, how do you do that? Well, this is how you do it. <laughs> start, oh, wow. Okay. So then, and, and, but I realized what really, what really got, got me a lot of traction. Um, I decided to just go all in. When I, re- when I saw the opportunity in clubhouse, mm-hmm. I started talking to a lot of people. They said, look, you know, you know, this is gonna change the landscape for a lot of things. And um, it's good to to really start right now is the time to really take advantage and build a following. So I just started say, so, all right, I wanna do my own room and I applied for my own room. I you know I was gonna it was gonna get approved. They got approved. So I started hosting even out before it got approved, I was hosting my weekly rooms on short-term rentals. And I was just doing that first two. I did it was just by myself. Then I started linking up, and I tapped into one of um, other short-term rentals uh, rooms. And I said, I said, well, I, I host a room too. If you want, guys want to be joining with me. And they said, oh yeah, let's let's do it all together. So then the room started growing. And uh, I think one of the, the one of the biggest moments that really created a shift in the following was when I hosted a room on short-term rentals, and um, a good friend of mine out of Atlanta, uh, Maddie J, he tapped in. Um, he tapped into the room and then, uh, Cody Sperber tapped into the room. And so then the room got up to like a thousand people. Holy crazy. cow. <laughs> got to a thousand people. And so, um, and that was like kind of crazy and it was a phenomenal room, phenomenal room. We had a great time. And then later on, um, I got pinged into other rooms with Grant Cardone in it and other, um, high levels, super high elite people in the real estate game. Um, and then a uh, clever investor pulls me up and he just started asking me questions. So I was just answering. Them. <laughs> so people were like, okay, he knows the stuff about this short-term rental game. And so people started following me, started following me, started building it that way. And and I think one of the best things I started doing is I get tapped into different rooms that really aren't about short-term rentals. I just tap into different real estate rooms or even just different rooms of my entrepreneurship, period. And I just add value, right? I just mm-hmm. add value. In, and sometimes I add value outside of short-term rentals. We just talk about life stuff. And we talk yeah. about just business in general. And I'm not even talking about real estate and we just we just we, I just add value just being myself and and I think one thing I like about Clubhouse is people can tell when you're really authentic. People mm-hmm. can tell when you're really when you're really trying to help people. And so I would just add value in different. When If people read my bio, they say, "Oh man, he's in the real estate." And man, you know, I was kind of be interested in Airbnb. And so people start following that thing. They look at my Instagram. I said, "Man, he put out some content about Airbnb on Instagram too." Man, this dude's a good follow. And so then it just started growing and growing. And uh, sometimes sometimes I wake up and I have like 200 more followers than I did yesterday. And I not necessarily because I was on Clubhouse, but I realized that sometimes my name gets. Spoken about when I'm not wow. even in the room. Wow! <laughs> so That's good. And so when I learned that was happening too, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm running with this thing. So Clubhouse has been so life changing, so life changing. <laughs> You know, it's got my biggest speaking gig that's coming up. The biggest speaking I've ever had is coming up. Um, I'm super excited for it. And this is allowing me to really build some good relationships. When Grant right. Cardone started following me, that's when I knew I did something. Like there that. you go. There you go. That's
1: <laughs> that's where it's at. So, I mean, it, it's no surprise to me, though, because like you said, uh, people can see if you're genuine or not. And you're definitely a genuine dude. You're easy to uh, to relate to. And you've just got a great story. And, and I thank you for sharing that story today, TJ. No um, so obviously, people can follow you on Clubhouse. Uh, they can follow you on Instagram. What are your handles there?
0: Man, listen, I keep it simple. <laughs> I keep it simple. It's the same handle on both. Um, at TJ Tajani is just my name. Uh, Clubhouse at TJ Tajani. That's T-I-J-A-N-I um yeah and that's pretty that's pretty much it it's super simple uh in with me and you know and and come get these gyms come get these games we got some amazing rooms lined up for the future and uh so yeah
1: bro i think you're gonna be at rentalpreneur pretty soon
0: (laughs) 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 just just saying just saying
1: all right well uh tj any last words for audience before we log off
0: uh no i mean just just go just go, you know we we talked a lot about you know a, a few things just in terms of intentionality, right, um, but I think people part probably, probably the the biggest battle that you'll face is really up here, right, because you know it's the mindset it's what's going to keep you in the game um because uh, don't I don't recommend being somebody who you know, who's a spectator, you know what spectators do? Spectators say, Oh, I want to, Oh, e-commerce. You want to sell some, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. They realize that, man, it's not as easy as I thought. Okay, I'm going to do this wholesaling thing. Oh man, wholesaling is easy in theory, but they get into it like damn, I'm not, that's not easy either. Oh, I want to do Airbnb. Oh man, I realized I got to build infrastructure. I got to build, I got to handle this and security issues. Dang, that's not easy either. Listen, stay, stay in the game and get to that point of attrition, right? It's always, every every successful entrepreneur gets to that point of attrition. And the ones that get past it, that fail big, but are able to stay in the game, stay in the course and push past it. Those are the ones who see the most success. So listen, y'all stay in the game, but more importantly, just get started, get started, get going and take action. My thing for this year is execution. And we y'all. learned a lot. Everybody, we, we went through it last year. Everybody learned a lot of things last year. Now it's time to put those things in motion. Now it's time to execute. This is going to be life-changing, and I think it'll be life-changing for anybody who's willing to put in the work. So let's get to it, y'all. I love it. Hey, if it was easy, everyone would do it.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, TJ, thank you so much for jumping on today, helping our oh, audience conquer yeah. the world of investing and Airbnb, and then uh, probably Clubhouse, too. <laughs> so, yeah, most
0: <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been an honor, man. Had a lot of fun. Thank you, y'all. All right.
1: Show notes for this one are fearlesskyle.com forward slash TJ to Johnny. That's TJ, T I J A N I TJ to Johnny. All right. So, um, hopefully you just see TJ is just that guy. He got into action. He was doing wholesaling before he even knew what wholesaling was. That's the crazy thing. Like I, I look back on my life and I see all the ways of which I was doing entrepreneur things before I even knew what an entrepreneur was. Um, but that's exactly, if, if you haven't done those things, that's okay though. Like you can teach yourself how to start doing this and, and all it takes is just a mindset shift. When you can start looking at the world a little bit differently, looking at opportunities differently, you'll have that mindset shift and you'll realize that you can absolutely, just because you didn't wholesale Jordan shorts in, in college or or do things you know in elementary school like lemonade stands, uh, that doesn't mean you can't start thinking that way now, today, and that's what we're hoping to be able to do to help you get past that fear by uh, just putting out content on a bi-weekly basis here on the Fearless Investor Podcast coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday, and uh, just hope that you'll continue to listen in, to conquer the world of investing, and take action. Have a good one.